Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. While you remain standing, I just want to read one verse. Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. And I want to teach on the subject. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. You may be seated. It's a matter of the heart. Praise God. The New Living Translation says it this way, Proverbs 4.23, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Amen. So really the heart is is everything. Uh, and uh, we'll get into that because you say, well, I thought the soul was everything. Well, it's very uh, closely related to the heart and they go together. Amen. They don't go in other directions opposite of each other. Now, our heart is the seat of our emotions and it has the biggest impact on the direction of our life. And yet what's interesting is it's something that we don't fully understand, nor do we have complete control over it on our own. Amen. Now, some people might say, well, I may not know what's in other people's hearts, but I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty close with my heart and I know what's in there, you know, Uh, and I believe that we know better than anybody else what's in our heart. But did you know that we don't know everything that's in there? Amen. And that's why we're talking about a matter of the heart. We need God's help with our heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 said, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Amen. The the word deceitful means having a tendency or disposition to deceive or give false impressions. Fraudulent, crooked, misleading, hypocritical, polluted. Amen. You say, oh man, I didn't know my heart was like that. I, I thought I was a pretty good person. Amen. It doesn't matter. Amen. Good is, one, is, is perspective, but God sees way down deep in there. Amen. Where we don't even see. Praise God. Now, this verse that we just read in Jeremiah, it not only applies to the heart of others, but it applies to our heart. Because, you know, sometimes people, um, they they agree that other people's hearts need to be worked on, but, you know, no, nah, I'm, I'm good, God, you know. It's just, you know, like when, you know, when somebody's preaching or whatever, they got like a little shovel and say, oh, yeah, God, that's some good preaching. And they shovel that over. That person needs to hear that. And that person needs to hear that. Now, I'm okay, God. So I know this one's not for me. But, you know, every message is for you. Every lesson is for you. Every sermon is for you. It might not be specifically what you're going through right now, but you're going to face everything in that Bible someday, somehow, amen, and it's preventative maintenance. God lets us know a lot of times in advance, amen, we hide our, his word in our heart that we might not sin against him. Praise God. So if we don't even know our own heart, man, who does? Well, thankfully, God does. Jesus does. Amen. 
and that's why we need to let him take care of our heart. Praise God. We need to ask him to protect our heart. We need to ask him to show us our heart. 1 Samuel 16:7 said, "The Lord doesn't see things the way we that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart." So God sees our heart. Amen. Now, I, I, I would look at a person, and I guess after a while, you might not know what's in, you know, anything in their heart at first, but if you observe them for a while, and you see their actions for a while, and you see what they say for a while, you can get an idea of a, quite a bit what's in their heart, but you don't know them. Only God knows them. Amen. First Kings 8.39, for you, talking about God, and you only know the hearts of all the children of mankind. John 2.24, Jesus, talking about Jesus, but Jesus would not entrust himself to them, talking about people, for he knew all people. He did not need any uh, testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. God knows what's in our heart. Everything is open to him. Amen. He can see everything. He knows everything. See, our heart will deceive us into thinking we're right when we're not right. Amen. Proverbs 21.2, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. The Lord knows what's going on. Our heart will not only deceive us, it'll also condemn us. Amen. And 1 John 3.20 said, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows all things. He knows all things. So if my heart's condemning me, and I don't even know why sometimes, maybe, amen, check with the one who knows all things, and he'll give you insight. And when you get the insight, then it's up to you to do something about it, praise God. So it'll not only condemn us, but it'll also overwhelm us at times. Have you ever had your heart overwhelmed? Yes. Amen. Sometimes it's overwhelmed with joy. That's good. Sometimes it's overwhelmed with peace. It's overwhelmed with uh, excitement. Those are good, but sometimes it's overwhelmed with anxiety or depression or whatever. It's overwhelmed with all kinds of emotions we can't even, you know, put put our finger on. But Psalm 61:2 said, "When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Amen. I need someone higher than I. Amen. I need someone bigger than me. I don't want my God to be smaller than me. That's why a man-made God isn't going to help you. I need a God that made me. Amen. Praise God. Because he made me. He knows my heart. And he knows how to fix my heart. Amen. Praise God. And it will not only, our heart will not only overwhelm us, but it will keep secrets from us. You know, people that keep secrets from me, right? Like, psh, 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 I'm going to tell you, but I'm not going to tell you over here. But our heart will keep secrets from us. Amen. But the Bible said, Psalm 44, 21, he knows the secrets of the heart. Praise God. Now, that verse, that verse 17, 9 of Jeremiah that we read, that our heart is deceitful above all things, and who can know it? Amen. The next verse says, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due reward according to what their actions deserve. Amen. He searches our hearts. Praise God. And so that, that gives me, now that might panic some people. 
Amen. That might, oh my goodness, God sees everything. Oh no, even in the dark and all that stuff. Oh yeah, he does. But you know, the people that walk with him and the people that love him and the people that want him to help them. Amen. That is a good thing to know that he's searching my heart and he knows what I need. Amen. Praise God. Daniel 2.47. Truly, your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets. That's what Nebuchadnezzar told Daniel when he revealed the dreams. Amen. He is a revealer of secrets, and he wants to reveal our secrets to us. I mean, he doesn't want to put it on the front page of the paper because he's, he's, a, uh, he's a great God, and he's not into embarrassing us. He's into wanting to help us. Amen. He'll speak to you. That's why he talks to you in a still, small voice. That's why he's not talking to you when you're riding on the bus and on the loudspeaker. It comes up, hey, so-and-so in the back chair over there, the second one to the right, you, yeah, you, you got da 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 in your heart, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, my goodness, this is everyone's hearing this. No, he's speaking in my heart just to me because he loves me and he says, okay, these are some secrets that not even you know and they're hindering you and you don't realize it. I'm telling you about it so you can pray about it and ask me and invite me to help you get rid of that stuff so that you can prosper in me. So since God is the only one that knows our heart inside and out, he will reveal the secrets of our heart to us if we ask him to and we allow him to. There again, God's a perfect gentleman. We must invite him into the situation. And we need to be honest enough with ourselves and with God to open wide our hearts and allow him to examine our hearts and point things out so we can give it all to him. Ask him to take away everything that's not supposed to be there. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Because you know, some people say, well, I know everything that's in there. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, you know what? In my life, let me, I don't, maybe that person's different to saying that, but in my life, I'm talking about B.C., before Christ, and after Christ came in my life. Amen. There has been times when the pressure was on. There's been times when the heat was turned up. There's been times when I'm fighting battles in multiple fronts, amen, and you get overwhelmed, and then things come out of you, out of your mouth, and out of your actions, amen, that you that shock you and surprise you, and like, where did that come from? I thought I knew who I was, amen. Let me tell you something. We don't praise God. We need to ask God, amen, the revealer of secrets and the one that knows our heart. We need to ask him, Lord, search my heart and show me what I need to see. Amen. Praise God. Psalm 139.23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O God. Now, see, we got to have courage to say that because God, if we say that, God's going to show us some stuff that might shock us. Show us some stuff that maybe we don't, maybe we, 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 when we see it, we say, well, you know what? I don't know if I want to get rid of that. Amen. Because, you know, when you start, you know, asking God, he's going to show you everything. Amen. So get ready. Praise God. And we got to have the courage enough. Amen. And the desire enough to please him and say, whatever he brings up, Lord, take it away, God. Amen. Psalm 51, 6. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Teach me down in my 
secret heart. In Psalm 51.10, the psalmist said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That was a prayer of David after he had messed up. And it was you read that whole Psalm 51, it's a, it's a, a, a prayer of repentance. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And only God can clean our heart, folks. I mean, we can try to, you know, read the books, win friends and influence people and all kinds of this and all kinds of that. And, but you know what? Only God can really clean our heart, praise God, down to the depths. And to clean is to purify, praise God. And that's why Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, one of the Beatitudes, he said, Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. Amen. So clean, pure. That's what he's talking about. That doesn't now he's not saying perfect. He's talking about people that are attempting to get their hearts in good standing with God. Amen. We won't be perfect until you know this corruptible turns to incorruption and this mortal turns to immortality and we get changed and we get out of here and we go to heaven. That's when we're perfect. Amen. But perfection in God's eyes is someone that's, that's open to him. Amen. Ta you know, pointing things out and you know, taking things away and moving in the right direction for God. Amen. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So how do we achieve a pure heart in the eyes of God? Well, Proverbs 17.3 said, The refining pot is for silver, and the furnace is for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. Amen. How do you make silver more pure? You put it in the refining pot, the crucible, and then you put it on the fire till it gets to a liquid state. Then same with the gold. And then the impurities float to the top and you skim them off with a little skimmer. And then you let it, to, amen, get back to its solid form. And it's a more pure form of silver or gold when the Lord tests our heart. When we allow him to search our heart, when he tests it, amen, it becomes more pure. It becomes more clean, amen, when the impurities come out. When God tests the heart, the impurities float to the top where even we can see him. Whoa, I didn't know that was in there. Let's skim that off. Praise God. So a pure heart comes from allowing God full access to our heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And put it in his hands. Amen. And so full access to our heart so that he can test our heart and he can show us what's really in our heart. And once he does this, amen, it's up to us to yield ourselves completely to him so he can clean and he can purify our hearts with his blood, with his spirit, with his name, and with his word. Praise God. That's what purifies. We can't do it. We can't go to therapists and classes and all that stuff. And some of that has its place in, in certain things when it comes to our readiness for heaven and our pleasing God. It's His blood, His spirit, His name, and His word. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God 
Amen. James tells us that the Word of God is like a special mirror. Amen. That will show you exactly who you really are and not just who you think you are or not just who people are pretending to be. Some people are out there pretending, right? Amen. But you think, wow, they're, wow, they're this, they're that, and they're just pretending to be somebody they're not. Amen. But this mirror is not some funhouse mirror. It's not some mirror that you have in your bathroom. It's a mirror, praise God. It's the Word of God. And you look in that, and it'll show you exactly who you are compared to the Word of God. The Word of God is a standard, and it just shows you right what you, what you need to see. Amen. And that's why you and I can't get enough of the Word. Amen. We can't get enough preaching. We can't get enough teaching. Amen. We can't get enough reading. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Every day we need his word to keep us on the right path and the right track. Praise God. And that's why we come to church. And that's why we have a Bible, either a physical Bible, amen, or some people just have it on their phone or computer or whatever. Amen. The Bible's the Bible. You read it. Praise the Lord. And you, you, you uh, lean on it and you stand on it. Amen. And go with it. Praise God. Psalms 119-105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I can't do it without you, Lord. Your word it shines all over. It shows me where to go. Amen. And it shines in my heart. It shows me who I am. And that's why we got to read it. We need to study it. And we need to hear it, praise God. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And more than anything else, besides reading, studying, and hearing it, we also need to obey it and act upon it, praise God. Because you know who the truly blessed people? Who wants to be truly blessed tonight? Okay. Oh, I was going to say, hardly any. We only had half a people. I'm like, huh, you don't want to be truly blessed? I'm going to give you a minute to really let that sink in so every hand can come up. Amen. We all want to be truly blessed. You know who's truly blessed? Amen. Not just the hearers of the word, but the doers of the word are the truly blessed people. Amen. Praise God. And sometimes we don't understand the word. Sometimes we, we think, well, I don't know what's going to happen. And sometimes we have to take it by faith. Amen. Because we're just like, whoa, is this really what it's saying? Amen. But you know what Jesus, when he told, when he did his first miracle at that marriage in Cana of Galilee, when he turned, amen, like 300 gallons of water, ordinary water into the, the best, the highest quality wine that some of those people had ever drank, drinking, amen, or drunk. I'm not sure which form I'm supposed to be using. Praise God. But the, he turned that into wine. Amen. But before he did it, he, show, he looked up, he told his mom, he was talking to his mom about it, and it, his mom told the servants, whatever he tells you to do, amen, John 2, 5, whatever he says to you, do it, praise God. And Jesus is the Word of God. He, in the beginning, was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and he's called the Word of God, amen. And whatever he says, do it, especially when it comes to your heart, amen, because it's all boils down to a matter of the heart. Amen. Praise God. See, allowing God to help us keep our hearts pure is not only vital for this life, but also for the life to come.
Because this life, even if you get to be 100 years old, oh, that was a long life. That's a drop in the bucket compared to forever and eternity. And so we're looking to live a life here, amen, so that we can live a life there forever, amen. And so that's very important. So consider this, Matthew 6, 19, Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So the question is, where do we have our treasure in this life? Amen. Your heart will always follow your treasure. And where your treasure is, your heart is right there with your treasure. Amen. So what, what, what are we treasuring on this earth? Amen. So what uh, do we treasure most in this life? Your heart will be right there. I hope it has to do with Jesus. I hope it has to do with going to heaven. Praise God. Our soul is the eternal part of us, and it is inseparable from our heart. I mentioned that at the beginning. Your, your heart follows your treasure. But guess what? Your soul follows your heart. Amen. Into eternity. Your heart follows your treasure. Your soul follows your heart. Amen. And there are only two eternal destinations for the soul. And we need to make sure our treasure and our heart and our soul are going to the right one of those two destinations. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. So it's therefore very important that our hearts are right and pure before God because when it's all said and done, it's a matter of the heart. And since God is the only one that knows, amen, our heart, and since God is the only one that's greater than our heart, we must allow him to be the one, amen, to search our heart and fix our heart. He's the heart mender, praise God. He's the heart healer, praise God. And the only way he can truly do that, he can't do it, amen, from the outside in. He wants to be on the inside and working on the outside. Amen, like that chorus goes that we used to sing. I've got Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life, praise God. Amen, and we need Jesus on the inside. We need to be filled with his spirit, and he'll work inside our heart to reveal and to fix and to heal and to do all the things that in men that he does. Amen. Jesus will not barge his way into our heart uninvited. Our heart has a locked door on it that only we can open. We're the only ones that can open that door. And that's why we find Jesus. You know, the, the, there's seven churches of Asia mentioned in chapter 2 and 3 of Revelation. Amen. And the last one was called Laodicea. And so we find Jesus talking uh, through John the Apostle about different things about each of these churches. Now, they were physical churches at the time in Asia Minor, but they were also spiritualized. Amen. You can, there's so, so many things that you can reach, read and, and get and read. Uh, 
uh, reap out of these seven churches, even for our, us today. Amen. And so we find Jesus on the outside of his own church, knocking on the door, saying, can I come in? So they were, Laodicea was having church without Jesus. But it also is our heart. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'm going to come in there. I'm going to eat with him. I'm going to fellowship with him. I'm going to commune with him. I'm going to show him how he or she can make their heart better. Because when I move in, I make the place better than it was before. Because he purposely left a God-shaped hole in every one of our hearts for only he could fill. And when he gets in there, it's complete and he can do his work if we allow him. So we need to open that door, invite him in, allow him to stay for the rest of our lives. Amen. And not just allow him to stay well, okay, Jesus, you can come in, but there's just this one guest bedroom with a little half bath right off of it there, and it's right there in the corner, and that's all you can't go in. Well, I'll let you go in the kitchen too maybe and, you know, get a little something out of the fridge every once in a while, but, you know, stay out of the rest of the, and definitely don't go up in the second floor. Oh, stay out of that basement, Jesus. Woo, we got stuff in there. Get out of that attic too. Oh, I don't want you to see in there because that's some secrets, amen, that I even know about. Amen. Oh, no, when you have him come in your life, praise God, you he gets full reign of every square inch of your heart, every room, every closet, every drawer, every cupboard. Amen. In Jesus' name, he needs to have full access and full authority to every part of our heart. Jesus, take the wheel and drive for me from now on until you come back or until I take my last breath. So we need him to cleanse us. We need him to help us with those powerful things we already mentioned. 1 Corinthians 6.11, and such were some of you. If you read up a little bit in that chapter, amen, you'll find all these things of the work of the flesh, amen, and those that continue to live according to those things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't want to be a part of that. I want to inherit the kingdom of God, amen. So he said, such were some of you because you decided to change course. You decided to let him have your way in your heart. And he said, but you are washed now. You're sanctified now. You're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so he's talking about being washed and being purified, sanctified, purified. Amen. Being clean. That's how you clean your heart out. You get it washed by the word. You get it washed by the spirit and by the name. Amen. Not by works of righteousness. Amen. But the washing of regeneration comes as a renewing of the Holy Ghost living inside of you. And Ephesians 5.26 talking about the word of God that he might sanctify the church and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word so we got the word washing us we got the name washing us we got the spirit washing us and of course we got the blood washing us amen those are the things we need to allow when he when we say search me lord and know me and show me the secret part of my heart and when i see it help me god to be big enough and courageous enough to put it in your hands and let those powerful things from your spirit, amen, take care of it. Take it out of my heart. 
Amen. And fill the void, Lord, with the goodness of God. And fill the void that these secret things that you brought to my attention and I ask you to take away. And that spot's empty. Put some more spirit of your power in there. Put some more of your goodness in there. And take up the void, Lord, in the name of Jesus. For it's a matter of the heart. And Jesus is coming back soon. Amen. Amen. And you know, I was talking to somebody today, and we were talking about the days of Noah. As in the days of Noah, so shall the Son of Man come. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Amen. And then Noah went into the ark, and then it was over. And so shall the days of the Son of Man come. But this person I was talking to said, you know what? Uh, I did some research on what was actually going on in the days of Noah as far as how society was back then, as far as they knew, you know, historically, as much as we know uh, from the archaeology and all that kind of stuff. Amen. And he looked into that and he said, you know what? There was a lot of evil going on. Amen. And he said, this, was rem- this day today we're living and reminds uh, me so much of what I was reading about in the days of Noah. Yeah, they didn't have the technology like we do, but they had the human desires and the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and pride of life. And he said, you know what? That just shows me that Jesus is coming back because as it was in the days of Noah, so it's going to be as the days, amen, of the Son of Man is coming back. We're leading up to those days and we're in the last days, amen. And so we've got to have our heart ready to go. Watch and pray and be ready for you know not what hour your Lord does come. Oh, let's stand tonight. Praise the Lord. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.